Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Guilty Movie Pleasure fans, we hope you're all watching this from the safety of your quarantined home and you're all staying sane. I know I'm trying to do that. I'm definitely staying home. I don't know how well I'm succeeded at being sane yet. But hey, I'm Ben Begley, your host. And with me as always, just not... Hi, I'm Jesse McIntosh. Yeah. I jumped you there. I was so excited to say my name. It's okay. You're you're in front of a, a, a yellow wall this week instead of a closet. That's right. Yeah, we just zoomed in. Oh, okay, okay. As, and there's no toddler art behind you. No, no, What's no. I on? decided to just, you know, be real shameless self-promoting with my own movie poster behind me. It looks even worse. Uh, my my, I will tweet out some of my daughter's art, her chalk art this week. She's improved since last time. Great. It's more cutesy and less horrifying and less Babadook-ish. So more, she's gone more literal and yeah. less like yeah. expressionist. Abstract, like Jackson yeah. Pollock, but of my nightmares. Yeah. If anybody oh, okay. didn't watch last week, they're like, what the hell are they talking about? That's on them. I don't even last care. Go OG. watch last week. Oh, I got excited because the last OG mentioned me and I forgot it's because I like to tweet and they're automatically doing it. Son of a... Anyways, hey, we're quarantined this week and with us in the booth is Ryan. Say hi, Ryan. Yo, what's going on, guys? Uh, super <laughs> psyched to talk. This is the end. This is like one of my favorite comedies of last decade. And this is so such a fitting movie yes. to talk about during this time. Um, and I... Ryan, I'm just going to throw it out there just to yeah. make people aware. Uh, Please. We, we did a bit of a, a chaotic shot in the dark uh, before we went live. And we, we tweeted some, some, some links out to some people involved in this film to see if they might join. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, it's, it's, it's out there on the ether. How many people so, that aren't the people you anticipated join, trying to join? Uh, we have about, uh, we're at like 10 trying to join. <laughs> uh, and as far as I can tell, they're not people that were involved in this motion picture uh one's named hey. sco so up, uh so let's let's I, go you know if we get crazy at the end of the show we can bring a couple guests on as long as they promise not to have like their their pants body off. parts okay. yeah yeah, yeah. But, i uh, mean as long as it, like i could be not wearing pants right now and it's fine i'm wearing sweatpants i'm wearing five pairs of pants five yes you're Someone told you that you can only catch coronavirus through your legs or lower torso. And so you're really. That's where it's most, it's most contagious. Okay. Okay. It's calves. I read that on one America news network, actually. Mm -hmm. I read it on there. Anyways. Hey, we're talking, this is the end. I got the Blu-ray right here. Uh, and um, I, let's get into it. <clears throat> Cause I think we only have 45 minutes and I love this movie so much. Um, I saw this. When did this come out? came out in 2013 so we're talking seven years ago it feels like yesterday um this movie came out in 2013 i remember renee my wife and i went and saw it in theaters and we were crying we were laughing so hard um specifically the scene where he's like i'll come wherever i want this is gonna be a very vulgar show by the way sure <laughs> but when danny mcbride and james franco when james franco is yelling at danny mcbride for um masturbating to his porno mag and they go back and forth about it, we'll get to it. It's absurd. We have a sound clip. And I remember like the kicking the head around. I remembered a lot of the big jokes and like Michael Sarah being a cokehead and hysterically offensive in this. And we loved it. But I, for some reason, hadn't revisited it in seven years. Um, and I don't know why, because watching it last night, it was just as funny as I remembered, if not even more so now, because the craziness that these characters get to in their quarantine just seems like a fun catharsis while being quarantined and i love seeing all of them play extreme heightened bonkers versions of themselves um ryan you already said how you loved it right when you saw it as one of your favorite movies of the last decade it is yeah i i one of my favorite comedies i've probably watched this once or twice a year honestly wow i i, I remember seeing this with a bunch of high school friends and we all just had the best time because not only does it work really well with our current situation but i feel like this is just a great friend movie yeah and yeah. and also the thing that i think just raises this comedy up from a lot of others is the production value is shockingly good 
it's shockingly <laughs> great actually like if you look the, at any of the other Seth Rogen movies yeah, yeah it's really well made which I think yeah. is, it's just a surprise because <clears throat> it feels like it's a it almost feels like a student film because it's just a bunch of friends making a movie together um, but yeah, yeah it's it's, it's a Sorry. delight I really love it I didn't know my friend that's awesome man and I do agree with that this the third act of this movie not that they're remotely similar I guess they kind of are because they deal with the end of the world the third act of this movie reminds me of Cabin in the Woods, where it just goes insane and bonkers and really pays off the premise so well. But the reason I saved you for last, Jesse, is I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you said you'd never seen this movie. I So it turns out I, have, I had seen up to when the apocalypse starts. So I'd seen up to when Jay, and, that story. Jay and Seth make it to the, the like convenience store. Yeah. And the the blue beams start bringing people up. Yeah. Um, and I it, I think honestly it was just a matter of like timing, like I had yeah. to go somewhere, and then maybe the rental ended or something. I don't even remember what it was, but I everything up to that point was super familiar, and then I didn't remember anything after that. So, so I think did, that's where I was at. How did the end of the the well? I mean, the second two thirds of it. How did that uh, how did that pan out for you? It's I I. I would co-sign everything you guys are saying. I think it's really well done. It's really, it's really interesting to look at. There's a lot of different big set pieces yeah. um, that are done really well. I really enjoyed the movies within the movie. So like the pineapple express sequel <laughs> so and the exorcism of Jonah Hill. Really well done. Um, like you said, I really enjoyed the, the sort of heightened version of that everyone was doing of themselves. Yeah. Um, they were just like, and, and this is only like very, very, very minimal nitpick. And it's something that sort of like has worn, worn thin over the course of like 15 years of these guys doing movies together. I think that's what you're going to say. Just like kind of the scene that you're talking about is guilty of this. The like yeah. coming everywhere scene yeah. where they just like are, it goes too long. the ball back and forth for probably three or four times longer than it needs to go. Yeah. Um, but everything else, everything that's like clippy and short and new and different is really well done and yeah. really funny. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I love this movie. There's two specific moments where it goes on too long. I remember like just really glaring to me that that whole scene I think I cut the sound clip where in my mind the scene should have cut off um, mm. because it's about like, it's it's about a minute too long. And then there's the scene where uh, Craig Robinson goes, hey, anybody want this dick? And it's a giant dick statue. <laughs> and if it just ended with him going, well, I want this dick. I'd be like, that was such a funny punchline. And then there's like a 40 second thing of him dragging it off that just, goes on a little too long now i can say that because i'm very guilty of this when we did this the funhouse massacre which i'm shamelessly pointing to behind me the director and i went back and forth with notes a few times because i wanted to have like another ad lib at the end of the scene or like another thing at the end and then we were constantly and i'd say 98 percent. there was one joke i wish we kept in but every other joke that we cut i was fine with but um so i'm guilty of that in my writing and in improv where it's like I, and I can see where it's a bunch of best friends that got together and they're just improving and making each other laugh. But since it only happens a few times for me, yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me. And the movie's an hour and 46 minutes. What really bothers me is when comedies are like two hours to two hours and 15 minutes where you're just like, what the hell are we watching now? This isn't like, there's super long biopics that cover an entire person's life in the time that <laughs> this is just having people improv. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's a difficult balance because yeah. um, like everything individually on its face is very, very, very funny. Yeah. And then there's just, you reach a point of no return when, uh, when keeping too much in makes it less funny. Yeah. And you just have to find that balance. And I think for the most part, yeah. they did a really good job with this one, finding that balance. Absolutely. There were just a couple of moments that really stood out, but Absolutely. I like it was, it was so minimal. It didn't, didn't, yeah. Didn't detract from my enjoyment of the movie. Who do I keep hearing? Oh, sorry, that might be. I'm, I'm, I might be brief. I'll unmute myself uh, intermittently. Yeah. But um, I just want to ask real quick, Ben, as a filmmaker, yeah. 
I, there's a there's a sense you can use that term loosely. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's like this sense of just everyone's on board. Like everyone yeah. is just so I think yeah. passionate about this. Like, and I think there's a teetering for the first ten or fifteen minutes where you're like, all right, like are they are they going to be actually laughing at themselves throughout, or they're actually trying to say something? And one thing that just really impresses me is that they really do say something about yeah. like their celebrity and their friendship yeah. um, towards the end. And I think that really makes the entire movie work. Yeah. I definitely think that um, in the short film that it's based on Jay and Seth versus the apocalypse, I watched that last night. It's actually more dramatic than it is funny. And I think that they kept that core where this movie would just be ridiculous and funny and we'd laugh at it. But really what makes you sit through the whole thing is at the core, Jay and Seth, these two friends that have grown apart and, and we all can relate to being introduced or trying to introduce an old friend into a new group of friends and how that doesn't always work and how sometimes you grow apart. And I thought that that was a really great thing to, to root it in. And just honestly, watching these guys, it felt like I was watching my friends from back home. If we all went through an apocalypse, like, we would all freak the hell out and eventually be complete maniacs. And I even have a friend that would totally be the Danny McBride and like <laughs> throwing the water all over himself. Being like, So it was like, it was as outlandish as this is, the circumstances are so insane that you totally buy into it. So how you doing in there, Ryan? You getting a bunch of requests? Are you yeah. regretting doing yeah, We this? just had someone called a Fredo sauce, try to join in the party <laughs> as well are, as um, shout out. Fredo are we sauce. cutting back? Are we, are we cutting back and forth between us, or is it just your shocked expression the entire time? Oh, that's we're definitely I... cutting back and forth between people. <laughs> um, no, I was. <laughs> I just... hope this entire podcast is our disembodied voices and just Ryan's face. Like, I shouldn't have sent out the Zoom link. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh... I read that article about how people are hacking Zoom, let alone with me. Well, that's why they. Out. That's why they. They made this update. Now we can. We can admit people, uh, just for that exact reason. But what, what yeah. you mentioned, Danny McBride. I was gonna say. Full, complete seriousness. One of the best intro scenes to a character oh my God. I've seen in the movie. Both in times a while. he's introduced. Oh yeah. Both times he's introduced yeah. is incredible. Just the yeah. song, the Pretty montage. Right. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's like really artistic. <laughs> and just how like how, just how much of a dick he's being when he's making all the food and just like and he does like the bird the bird over the whole yeah. I will. I I I can say without any hesitation that Danny McBride is one of the funniest people on earth. Cause he is always so funny. He's so specific. And the reason he's so funny is he comes off as like, uh, he, he at first he comes off kind of oafish, but then he uses such hilarious words and weird phrases. Like when he's like, I love Harry Potter. I was going to ask her all about those wonderful motion pictures. And just like, <laughs> it's, his way of phrasing things is so articulate and funny that juxtaposes to kind of the doofier, doofus things that he does in his characters that it's this really sweet spot of comedy that is so rare and I don't see a lot of people doing what he does. He's and he's just so, he's so indignant all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> like a hundred, it's like how dare anyone have a different perspective than I do, which is the <laughs> dumbest perspective here. It's and so it's just <laughs> for me it's the whole thing my my buddy uh his daughter and danny mcbride's kids went to the same elementary school and he said danny mcbride's like the nicest guy on earth in real life so it's so funny that he plays all these kind of like shitty people like every kenny powers eastbound and down the righteous gemstones like uh vice principals every character he ever plays but you, i think that's why he's so funny is because you can tell he's you can tell there's a there's a, a kernel of him that shows he's he's likable. You know, you know he's likable. You know it's you can tell when people are dickheads in real life, and he doesn't give me that vibe. So, anyway, so let's get into this plot in under three minutes while Ryan screens more people trying to get in. You ready for this? <laughs> oh, we're ready. I think so. Yeah. Oh, we're ready. We're yeah. ready. So uh, we're going in three, two, one.
Okay, so here we go. Uh, it starts off with Jay Baruchel uh, landing in L.A., visiting Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen gets stopped by some TMZ people saying, hey, how come you're not funny? Do the laugh. Do the laugh. Oh, that's so great. Do some weed. Whatever. Anyways, they go back. They smoke a ton of weed. They, they start partying. And then Seth Rogen's like, hey, I want to take you over to James Franco's house. And he's like, I really don't want to go. I just kind of want to hang out with you, man. That's my best Jay Baruchel impression. And then uh, they go to James Franco's house. Everybody's there. Michael Sarah's doing coke. Rihanna's there. Uh, we have uh, Aziz Ansari and Mindy Kaling. It's huge. Every celebrity comedian at the time in 2013, you can imagine, is there. And then the apocalypse hits after they go to a convenience store. People start being beamed up. And Jesse, take it over. Wait, so Jay also hates Jonah Hill. That's a big thing. Because yeah. he he's like comes over to be nice to him. He's like, I got to go to smoke. And then he goes. And they <laughs> my the, favorite dynamic. The apocalypse <laughs> happens. They run back to James Franco's house where it hasn't hit yet. And they're like, big earthquake. Aliens are coming. There's things coming up from the sky. And they're like, you're going crazy. And then another... Uh, rumble happens everyone runs outside there's a big crater people start falling in everyone's dying craig robinson lets aziz ansari die they all run back in they're like what the hell was that uh they put on tv and it's like everyone stay inside then tv goes off and then they fall asleep all together uh and then danny mcbride shows up he wakes up in the morning and he he apparently slept through everything doesn't know what happened and he makes, they, they go through all the supplies they have. He cooks all of their food. And then he's like, what? I made breakfast for you guys. Why are you so upset Minute with me? 30. And uh, they get super pissed off at him. And then they try and figure out how to survive. They end up running out of water. So they make a plan to go to the basement. So at first there's a guy. The guy comes yeah, yeah, in. The, the guy, guy gets his in. head cut off. And then uh, Emma Watson comes back. And yeah. they're like, we got to make sure we don't rape her. And then she's <laughs> like, I'm taking all of your beverages. And she runs out. And so then, then they're they like, water. all right, now we got to get water. They draw matches. Yeah. Uh, Craig Robinson pulls the match. Yeah, um, and then and he he's like, pull me in. out. He sees a demon creature. 60 uh, seconds. They end, they end up figuring out that they can, they can hammer through the floor, and they go, they end up, they all take turns doing that. Danny McBride starts losing it. There's the whole, don't come on my, you all come all over you. You come over me. All that stuff. And then uh, they they get to the water, and Danny McBride the next morning, they're all, they're all kind of getting – uh, okay again and then they're handing oh god uh uh and the danny mcbride chugs all the water and loses his mind <laughs> and they decide that they got to get rid of him and uh they're gonna vote him out basically and he's like no okay man well at least 30 give me seconds the gun so i can go out and they give him the gun from flyboys and he tries to shoot all of them but luckily it was blank and then he leaves and then 20 seconds the rest of them are in there and Jonah gets Jesse, possessed. <laughs> help me out Jonah gets possessed while while craig robinson and, and Jay Barish will go for another water run at the neighbor's house, and they get chased by a hellhound. Then eventually Jonah Hill gets caught on fire. They run outside. The apocalypse is Six, happening. Danny McBride is now a cannibal with Channing Tatum and his butt buddy. And then uh, they end up all doing one, nice things. Zero. Up Everyone gets pulled up. Boys. This is the end of your time. Hey, I see what you hey. did there. I see what you did there. Oh, my God. This movie, I could watch it again right now and enjoy the shit out of it so much. Because, like, Ryan, like you were saying, it's not just a mumblecore, like, in improv-based comedy. And, Jesse, you were saying this, too, how, like, they cut to very specific, funny visual jokes. Like, all their montages are hysterical to me. When it's, like, they'll cut in on some, like, one really quick thing, like, when they're trying to get all the artwork off the walls to board up. And they set up that James Franco is, like, in love with Seth Rogen. He idolizes <laughs> him. And he has these artworks that he's made, one of Seth Rogen and one of James Franco, just their names. And they go to pull down Seth Rogen's art. And he's like, no, 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 man, don't do that. Just take mine instead, all right? <laughs> so there's this awesome dynamic there. There's a great dynamic setup that Jay hates Jonah Hill. And Jonah Hill just seems like the nicest guy ever. Dude, Jonah has the most. Oh, my God. Like, like he it's such a detailed performance because there's, like, this yeah. really weird vibe about him throughout the whole movie. <laughs> well, that's what's so surprising about this movie is not that they're not great in everything, but this is some of their best acting because it's like, instead of playing like caricatures of themselves, they're playing exaggerated versions of themselves, but it's still very grounded. It's like, never does it get too hammy that I don't believe they're real human beings. It's just like their persona and how they could be perceived turned up to 11 instead of like, it could have easily gone up to 15 and become just like a spoof. But this never feels like a spoof. It feels like these. It's a really grounded yeah. performance. Um, oh, yeah. And Craig Robinson as well. But Jonah, to me, Jonah Hill in this, his introduction is one is just one of the funniest scenes in the movie where he comes in and he's like, "We yeah, weed is tight. Weed is tight. 
He's like, <laughs> oh man, you have the best references. Everyone knows that, man. You have the best references. <laughs> like just him, him trying to relate to someone who he knows hates him. Yeah. Is just like the funniest, most it's uncomfortable. So, yeah. So good. And just to clarify, I wasn't saying that these guys aren't grounded otherwise. I'm saying since they're playing exaggerated versions of themselves, mm-hmm. it would have been easy to uh, not ground their performances. But it yeah. all seems it's, it all it seems sincere, and I love it for that. Uh, let's play. I love the TMZ guy in the beginning, where he's like, "Come on, Seth, give me the laugh. Come on, man. Hey, how come you're not doing as good of movies anymore? You know, it's like such a dick thing that 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 they do." Uh, and let's play the first one where Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel are talking in the car, and Jay is getting the first whiff of Seth changing, maybe. I'm on, I'm, I'm on this cleanse. You're, you're on a what? I'm on a cleanse. <laughs> what? It's good for you. I didn't know. You're supposed to take six shits a day. That's not true. You're supposed true. to shit twice a day. No, that's not true. That's what they used to think. Now they know you're supposed to shit six times a day. So you're not drinking you're not smoking weed you're not no 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 i'm i'm drinking and smoking weed but i'm on a cleanse i'm not psychotic (laughs) that's such a good line i'm on a cleanse i'm not psychotic (laughs) and then the very next shot is him eating a a carl's jr burger with jay it's so i love that little banter back and forth so much i'm on a cleanse i'm on a cleanse you're supposed to say I don't know how many times you're supposed to shit during the day. I, I've never heard six, though. It seems, I've never heard six. Six seems, seems excessive. It seems like you may want to call the doctor. Yeah. Or cut back on your life cereal. They're, um, not, they're not good, solid movements at that point. <laughs> you don't have enough in you. Yeah, no, I mean, unless you're eating a... You're going to Golden Corral and eating the buffet. But, yeah. um... <laughs> so, I... God, the, the whole intro when they go to Franco's place is hysterical and i i don't know what w- i was thinking but i didn't pull any of michael Sarah's sound clips and i'm really regret- <laughs> does he not steal the entire first 30 minutes of this movie like oh he my God. steals it it's all what? the hardest laughs when he's like he says something to mclovin where he's like hey you ever you ever you ever you want to know what coke smells like and then he's like <laughs> and just blows it all in christopher mintz plot's face and he's like oh i've never done coke before what am i what's gonna happen and he's such an asshole the scene where where uh, where Jay goes up to go to the bathroom, and Michael Sarah has his pants down and a girl on the side of his butt and a girl on the other side, and he's drinking a Capri Sun. He's <laughs> like, oh, she just needs a sip. she just needs a sippy time, and he gives her the Capri Sun. He <laughs> gives her the Capri Sun and then <laughs> maintains eye contact with Jay, who for some reason is just standing there. Like, you're telling me this whole house doesn't have another bathroom that he could have just been like, that's my bad, man. I gotta... It's incredible. Still gotta go. Because, I mean, Michael Sarah was known as uh, George... What was it? George Michael Bluth on Arrested Development. He was known as George mm-hmm. Michael. And it's like the sweetest, most awkward kid. And to see him, like, smacking Rihanna's ass, which I hear she hauled off and hit him hard i, I was watching the behind the scenes <laughs> and, they, and and he asked her to like not hold back and i guess she really wow that looks painful in that moment yeah um, you, yeah i guess how many how many like how much money of celebrity are on screen in this whole sequence <laughs> like there are just I, all of hollywood is in the first 10 I minutes just, of this i wonder if it's something though that like I'm willing to bet they weren't paid that much. I'm yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it was like one day, and they shot the hell out of it. And and I'm. Sh- it seems like most of those people were either friends or people that wanted to be in a comedy. Like, I can't. Re- I got to see if Twenty One Jump Street. Ryan, I don't know if you can look this up. I'm going to look it up right now. If Twenty One Jump Street was before or after this, this is because- the end of 2013. Twenty One Jump Street. Uh. I'll, try, I'll, I'll get back to you guys because i because i wondered i remember seeing oh no 2012 all right so it was 2012 that this was that 21 jump street was but i remember being shocked when channing tatum was actually in the movie as the gimp at the end as danny mcbride's gimp i remember no listen as soon as they mentioned channing tatum lives down there i was like hell yeah <laughs> channing tatum's gonna be in this movie and, and I like the whole time I was like, "Where's Channing?" Where's the Channing? entire time? Yeah. 
<laughs> when the guy when the guy's like trying to break in and it was like like just some guy that he's a commercial actor who's super funny sure but like not a yeah, guy who's playing Channing. himself right yeah, yeah i was like oh here's channing tatum yeah and then it wasn't and i was disappointed but it was a it was a nice spot for him speaking of channing tatum i think we should yeah. do white house down one of these weeks with him and jamie fox because it's fantastic yeah i mean uh, anyways uh back to this movie so uh <laughs> then um there's all kinds of ridiculous stuff where they go to the convenience store and these guys are being assholes to the clerk and then beams of light come down and start sucking people up into heaven and the air conditioner falls on her and crushes her and they freak out and go back and nobody believes him nobody believes them and then paul rudd has such a funny cameo in this movie where he comes running with the biggest bottle of champagne for the housewarming <laughs> he's like oh my god what happened <laughs> and then the moment when so all the shit hits the fan everybody runs out there's a sinkhole that opens up into hell uh, everybody falls in. Aziz Ansari is holding on, and Craig Robinson's like, "Ah, it's too late for you. I can't help you." And he's like, "What are you talking about? I'm still halfway out of the hole." And then, um, who does he grab onto that kicks him in the face a bunch of times? Oh, um, it, was that David Crumbles? Oh. oh, well, he gets kicked in the face and then finally dies. And then um, Paul Rudd's running, and a woman falls on the ground, and he steps on her head and bursts. <laughs> her eyeball out and kills her and he's like ah i'm so sorry <laughs> it's so ridiculous it's like the most ridiculous apocalypse you've ever seen and then you, um, you know you know who i felt bad for was martin star is he yeah. like in that crew yeah no he's in that scene somewhere because he was on he's in they they like mention him yeah they say was, his name at one point in the behind the scenes they showed him somewhere but somehow it got cut out or whatever maybe it was a schedule thing because he was like yeah. when they're looking at the big sinkhole he's there oh my god but then not in the rest of the movie when when What's he's up? like i'm gonna give what you happened? all my weight i'm gonna give you all my weight <laughs> and and uh, jay's yeah. like i got you <laughs> it just immediately falls yeah it's the same hey, i'm gonna give you all my weight are you sure you can take all of my weight and i love that i love that they're Within the confines of this, they spoof several cliches of different movies. And I've always thought that when, like, somebody's falling, like, I'm going to swing you up. It's like, that's physically impossible to do. <laughs> yeah, like, actually, don't do that. Why don't you get a, a steadier grip? Yeah. Like, he's just holding on to a patch of grass or, at that point. Or why don't you climb up, have somebody grab your legs, and then get me? <laughs> yeah. But that's why it's so funny to be like, you're going to take all my weight. You promise? <laughs> <laughs> And it's Kevin Hart that kicks the hell out of Aziz Ansari. It was like, get off me, Aziz! <laughs> Kevin Hart's yep. so funny in this movie, too. Um, so then they all run inside, and, and it's just uh, it's just Jay Baruchel, James Franco, Craig Robinson, uh, Seth Rogen, and um, Jonah Hill. That Jonah are there. Hill. And they're all freaking out. The news goes out. They, there's no contact with the outside world. And clip number two happens where Jonah Hill's trying to calm everyone down. A huge earthquake happens. Who do they rescue first? Actors. Famous people. They'll get Clooney, Sandra Bullock, me. If there's room, you guys will come. The point is, is that we're all going to get out of this first. <laughs> I love that. Me. If there's room, you guys will come. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, God. And that's his little slivers of him being a douchebag that pay off later tenfold when, when the reveal of him praying to God to kill Jay and then getting possessed by the devil. From there, were, there were like a couple of references to Jonah Hill being like a real actor in this, but James Franco yeah. was nominated for an Oscar for 127 yeah. hours and they don't mention it at no, all. That's what's in so fact, funny. they get the name of the movie wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's what's so hysterical to me. What, Ryan, were you going to say something? Yeah, that was a great point. I was going to say that. Yeah, they used Ryan's the camera. Ryan's just laughing. They use the uh, the camera of uh, yeah. Mohan Trezaros, but yeah. you're right. Yeah, they never from really twenty seven hours. Yeah, <laughs> and and then there's the helicopter. Then you were talking about the production value of this, Ryan. The the helicopter crashes. They're like, oh, a helicopter! They're <laughs> going to rescue us. It crashes in their backyard. The blade flies through, and you think it like severs Craig Robinson's hand, and it gives him a paper cut. Basically, <laughs> it's like your house did this to me. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And then uh, clip number three, let's play this because this actually segues into the tw uh, 127 hours you were talking about. This is the supplies they have left. 
after uh, the 12 apocalypse. bottles of water, 56 beers, 2 vodkas, 4 whiskey, 6 bottles of wine, tequila, Nutella, cheese, pizza, eggs, bananas, apples, bacon, steaks, pancake mix, CT Crunch, milk, ketchup, a Milky Way, half ounce sour diesel, 3.5 grams Grandmaster Kush, 1 ounce of shrooms, 15 pills of ecstasy, a porno mag, a baseball bat, and the video camera from the movie 27 Hours. 127 Hours. Uh, hundred and twenty-seven hours, and a functioning revolver from the movie Flyboys. A functioning revolver. <laughs> the best. And I love that they that they they set up very early on that James Franco keeps props from all of his movies. Yeah. And God damn it, though. I love I love that. So Seth Rogen has the full list of their supplies. Yeah. And when James Franco goes, it's hundred twenty-seven hours. He he changes what he wrote down. Yeah, okay. Yeah, my bad. My bad. You got to make yeah, sure this is like correct. Fixes his list. <laughs> and the um the Milky Way then becomes like the golden apple. This or like the 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 what am I what word am I looking for? The 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 pinnacle of what everyone wants. They all want this Milky Way, and then they're that it's this whole thing throughout it and then there's a callback later on when jonah hill goes into shock they think he's going into his low but low blood sugar shock um but uh the whole scene where you know i i read that they chose milky way because uh it was it was sort of a metaphor for everyone wanted to to be lifted up to the stars really no, absolutely not. But <laughs> for a second, I was like, "That sounds that sounds like some IMDb trivia." You Dude, went I deep there. Thought that. Was no, real. I made that up just now. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Wow. Um, so the next scene where uh, where they all go to where they start off with Jay in in the living room sleeping, and then slowly every single other member comes down and sleeps in there, all cuddled up. <laughs> It's so funny and it makes them so endearing because they're all like these kind of like big loud, like they act like they're tough, but they're, they admit immediately. They're like, Craig Robinson's even like, we're all sissies. We're actors. We can't do shit. <laughs> it's just so good that they are so self-deprecating. Then Danny McBride comes in and we've already talked at length about how hilarious his sequence is. And then um, Jay tries to tell him it's a book of revelations. And instead of really exploring that, they decide to take all the drugs. <laughs> they just decide to go on a drug trip, which, and make Pineapple Express 2, which is one of my favorite sequences ever. Because it's shot like, it looks like it was shot on like VHS, on that camera from 127 hours on like a beta or like a mini DV or what, a mini DV camera. And it looks like the crap I used to shoot with my high school buddies and, and the bad acting and like, hey, you guys are going to have to get these drugs for me or I'll kill you. Like yeah. it, they, they did a full post-production on yeah. Pineapple Express too. I'm really impressed with them yeah. somehow. You know, the, yeah. the electricity was still working so they could get on their iMac. I just wonder who brought those skills to the table because a lot of these guys have been- Franco actors from the beginning i don't know how many of them have invested into like i'm gonna make my own stuff you know i, I think mean. it's franco i would franco I would franco yeah because yeah. he had all those funnier die things with his brother the acting with his brother you know there you go um then emma watson shows up holy shit it's so great she axes open the door she comes in looking badass they're all like hey we're, we're gonna help you you know you can go upstairs and take a rest and then i didn't pull the the the, the best part of the scene but i pulled Danny McBride's awkward Harry Potter reference. Can we clip uh, clip number four? Cool thing, man. I, for one, am very excited. I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. What? Yes, I love fucking Harry Potter. I cannot wait till she wakes up and I can ask her all these amazing questions about how they made those motion pictures. <laughs> Take it easy, Dumbledore. <laughs> Sir, I can't wait till she wakes up and I can ask her all these amazing questions or all these <laughs> how they made those amazing motion pictures. It's so funny, his cadence and everything. And then Jay is the one who really takes things to 11 in this which is hysterical because it's 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 in a way spoofing that kind of like overreactive culture where he's like hey we should make sure like she's she feels safe and they're all like well why the fuck wouldn't she feel safe and then danny mcbride comes out and is like he's trying to say we should make sure none of us are going to rape her and then they're like whoa whoa dude whoa and it escalates to this argument where basically they start accusing which one of them would do it. And Emma Watson comes out with an axe and is like, 
I heard you guys saying that. And she steals all their water. And it's so funny. One, one of my favorite lines is the lead up to this. When, uh, when Jay's like, I think we should address the elephant in the room. And they're like, and Craig Robinson's like, you're talking about me? Yeah. Oh, no, I think Seth Rogen goes, Craig? And Craig's just like, oh. Uh, and then, but then one of them goes, that's racist, man. <laughs> like, what? It's so... <laughs> oh, my God. Like, they can't, like, that's such a tricky joke to make work. And it's fucking hilarious. You know, it's, it's never, like, because they're not making a joke about the actual crime or whatever they're making a joke about like oh yeah who's the who's the creepiest dude in this circle you know so it's it's a it's completely directed at all of them being buffoons and emma watson's reaction and then swinging the axe at these six grown men and they're all like oh oh!" (laughs) it's so funny oh my god uh now there's the clip that i almost peed myself in the theater when this happened so they've they've decided they go outside and they, Craig Robinson tries to get water uh, from, and the basement door, the shelter door is locked, and he gets chased by something. They drop the rope. They're like, "Oh, we dropped the rope. We're so sorry. We fucked up. So sorry, man." They also, they're, they're like, they do it twice where they're picking matches, yeah. and it's so funny to watch everyone root against and for the yeah. different friends yeah. when Craig Robinson picks it, and they're all like, "Yes." And I think later on, then Seth Rogen's like. Or one of them is like, I, I think it's Seth that's like, oh, I wish it wasn't you. I was hoping it was, and they. Yeah, James like, Franco hates Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. He's like, I wish it was some other people here. <laughs> Holy shit. So then they, they, they realize that they can dig up the floor to get down to this like storm shelter basement he's built. Um, <clears throat> and James Franco comes out upset because the porno mag has been, excuse my French, jizzed on. And can we play? This is the back and forth between him and Danny McBride, clip number five. I mean, you're getting all worked up over a fucking porno mag. Who has goddamn porno mags anymore? Welcome to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. You designed a house with fucking iPads in the walls. You're jerking your dick like a goddamn pilgrim. That's right, man. I like to fucking read. You think that's the only thing I jerked off in here? I've been dropping loads around this fucking house like a goddamn dump truck. You don't come on my stuff. I'll go wherever the fuck I want, James. I'll fucking come in your kitchen. I'll come on your fucking heart. I'll come anywhere I want. I will fucking come right on you. I will come like a fucking madman all over you, McBride. Ooh, I fucking wish you'd come on me right now. I fucking dare you to come on me. See, like, that's where it should have cut off. Hysterical. Yeah, uh-huh. And then it goes on for, like, two more minutes. Oh, my God. And there's a... De- he There's was, a deleted scene where it goes on for like six minutes. I, my my favorite part me. is actually where he goes, like, I'll shoot it off. He's like, you went on the bullets. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <laughs> <it's> so... <laughs> and when he's like, you're over here jerking off like a mother, like a goddamn pilgrim. <laughs> that is <laughs> so like, funny. Yeah, I like to read. <laughs> like, <laughs> Holy shit. I would love, I would love to just see see uh, a scene play out of what uh, he, Danny McBride thinks Pilgrims did. <laughs> like, there were there published magazines when the Pilgrims I, came over? I don't think so. Like, but those are the, that's the brilliance of all of these actors is they're able to improv in such a specific, weird way that even though it's nonsensical, it still makes sense. If that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, we're yeah. A pil- God damn it. You got a house of fucking iPads in the walls. <laughs> jerking off like a goddamn pilgrim holy shit it's like you're if anybody has like a teenage son and they catch him with porno mags they should they should use that whole thing you got you got Pornhub on your computer but you're sitting here jerking off like a goddamn pilgrim i like to read dad anyways uh so then, also to be fair there was no internet at this there point. was none their yeah. internet cut out yeah so <laughs> good thing he had the magazine there's also I, I didn't pull this part because the clip is so long. There's the part in the beginning where James Franco comes out and he's like, hey, who jizzed all over this nice magazine that I was nice enough to tell you all about? <laughs> like that he calls it a nice magazine. <laughs> so they start getting uh, they start getting very upset with each other. They fall through the floor, they get more water, and then they're sipping water. They've rationed it out in these martini glasses like Samantha from Sex and the City. And... Um, and they're 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 all then Danny McBride goes and pours himself another, and then he goes nuts and pours it all over himself. And this is when they're like, he's gotta go, we gotta get him the fuck out of here. And Danny McBride's sticking up for himself 
because uh, James Franco is saying maybe if you didn't jizz so much, you wouldn't be so thirsty. And this is Danny McBride's uh, response. Clip number six. You're making me into a joke right now, Franco, and you are not going to like the fucking punchline. I think I'm stealing that for the rest of my life. Whenever people are like fucking with me, I'm going to be like, listen, you're making me into a fucking joke and you're not going to like the punchline. That's such a great, like you could see an action hero. You could see like the rock in a movie being like, Hey, you're making me into a joke and you're not going to like the punchline. You know, I mean, that's such a good line. He had a couple of those that were just like walk off lines. Yeah. That, that, but he just like shoots them off without putting emphasis on it at all. And it it really just I don't know it it's it's so well done the way he and, it, it just doesn't doesn't care about it at all just throws it out there yeah um, yeah it's oh my god I'm gonna I'm stealing that I'm gonna just start saying that all the time just when it has to do with nothing going on just a non sequitur um so but then this is uh, James Franco talking to them about how uh, they got to get him out of here and I love specifically listen to how James Franco says go over and over. can't hear it. Oh, you didn't hear that one? Did it uh, go? Well, yeah, it did. Let me play it one more time. I can't hear you, Ryan. Did I lose you? Jesse, can you hear me? I cannot. I can hear you. Oh, you guys didn't hear that one? Well, hey, pretend we heard it. Okay, I, yeah, no, I, it's all right, though. As okay, long as they uh, did. Yeah, yeah they the heard fuck it. has got to go. You. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's got to go. Ever since last night when Renee and I watched it again, we've been saying that, where I'm like, I got to go get the mail. It's time for me to go. Time for me to go. It's gonna get old. Wait, hold, hold on, hold on. You say I have to go get the mail. It's time for me to go. You say go differently within the same sentence. You know, I'm still, I'm still working out. A You're building up to it. I see. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm working. Out. I get it. I get it. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Jesse. I'm trying to put your own personal spin on it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to put my own personal spin. Now I gotta go. Yeah. Got to go. Anyways. uh <laughs> Like this movie, I just could sit here and laugh at every single joke in this thing. They have an intervention with Danny, and you think that he's, you think that he's become better, and he's like, you know, you all keep talking about how I'm coming all the time, but really, it seems like maybe I should be going. <laughs> and it's so sincere. Then he's like, "Well, give me the gun," and then immediately turns it on him and tries to point blank shoot all five of them, and then leaves. And uh, then this is where we start to see the dark side of Jonah Hill. Uh, this is Jonah's prayer when he goes to bed after having a little bit of a tip with Jay and Jay telling him he's an, he doesn't like Dear him. God, Step number eight. I'd like to pray to you for a second. It's me, Jonah Hill. From Moneyball. I can't hear it, but just tell me when it's done. I'm sure it's hilarious. <laughs> I love my favorite moment just of that, even though I couldn't hear any of it just now, was when uh, he's like, hey, God, I'd like to pray to you right now. It's me, Jonah Hill from Moneyball. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if we, like, introduced ourselves like that? Like, hey, God, uh, I'd like to pray to you right now. It's, uh, it's Ben Begley from Guilty Movie Pleasures. <laughs> and he'd be like, wait, do you mean Ben Begley from The Funhouse Massacre? <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, sorry, I should have led with that one. So damn it. You know, you gotta qualify. He's keeping track of a lot of people. You know? It's, it's just, so true. And what you really fucked up when he's like, Jay, what were you thinking? Like when you created him, he's such a dick. <laughs> Please kill him. And then the very next scene is a demon with a giant erect demon penis that comes and apparently the way demons in this apocalypse possess you is by um fucking you to death. He also scratched him, so I wasn't yeah. sure what did the possessing. Yeah, maybe the scratch was just the possession and the fucking was for fun. Was that for fun? <laughs> I don't know, but it's hilarious. And then I the mean, whole... the demon didn't have a magazine, like a goddamn pilgrim. No. Yeah, he had to go for the real thing, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, and then, so they go to, so 
Jay and Craig Robinson go to uh, the neighbor's house to try and find water. They come across a hellhound, which is a really fun set piece where they're being chased around by this creature that looks badass. They're trying to escape. They're panicking. That is intercut with um, Seth and James trying to figure out what's going on with Jonah Hill. And they baby, they mama bird feed him uh, the Milky Way. And then he comes to life and they realize he's possessed. And then <clears throat> eventually Jay and Craig Robinson come back. Wait, you're you're yada yadaing the worst part of this movie. What? I think you know, Ben. When Jonah Hill projectile vomits. Oh yeah, I knew it. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. The the poison bile over yep. the two of them. I know you, and that's the worst because you hate vomiting on on screen. This was hysterical, though. I feel like I was set up for this. I'm just going to start every week. It, it, the stipulation between Ryan and I is what movie contains on-screen vomit because that's what we need to show Jesse because he hates it so much. Yeah, you lulled me into a false sense of security with an hour and 15 minutes of hilarity. Yeah, yeah, good job, Ryan. That's your job. I let my guard down. Our I was producer. too busy looking for Channing Tatum. <laughs> so, so then they have the exorcism of Jonah Hill, which they even put up a title saying the exorcism of Jonah Hill. <laughs> And the whole thing's very uh, much a uh, grounded spoof of the exorcist. And uh, Jay Baruchel say, has his Bible and he's saying, the power of Christ compels you. And this is the exchange between him and Jonah Hill, which is hilarious. Can you play clip number nine, please? Clip number nine, Ryan, did you leave us? one it's not that compelling and the great part about this scene is they lean into the horror a little bit where like as funny as it is uh uh jonah hill's his voice and the look of him looks really creepy like it, it reminds me of sam raimi like evil dead style like the dead at deadites come into life and god damn it's so funny and then the bed catches on fire and there's another great this is a set piece like ryan was talking about where there's a stuntman in a full body suit on fire chasing after them as they run out of the house, falling off the balcony, catching the entire house on fire, which forces our heroes outside. And uh, Jesse, explain to me, since now we're at the point where we're about to get to your favorite person, uh, yeah. how, do, how do they t tell us the journey uh, to get to Channing Tatum out there? So they, they run into this big devil guy and Craig Robinson is like, you know what, guys? I should be the one. I'm gonna I'm gonna distract him while you guys get into the Prius. Oh, the wing and you creature, can get the away. serpent. Yeah. yeah, the big wing creature. So they're like, no, Craig, don't. And he's like, you know what? I've been a bad person. I gouged the guy's eye out. Which we didn't even talk about. Hilarious. Which we didn't even talk about. Uh, I've been a bad person. I'm gonna make up for it right now. You guys go. And so he distracts him. And right when the demon is about to grab him, because he is sacrificing himself, he is now qualified to go into heaven. Yeah. So he gets pulled up and they're like, oh, shit, you can redeem yourself right now. And they start like saying nice things to one another. <laughs> they're just back and forth. How did it work? <laughs> it's not working. Um, and so then and they get they're hit just by, driving along. Yeah. They get hit by a big truck um, and just a group of cannibals grabs them. And Danny McBride comes out of the truck with a leash. Wearing and, a human skull as a hat. Yep. He pulls the gimp out and he's basically like, I'm a cannibal now. I do what I want, when I want. Look at this. I got a gimp. The gimp is Channing Tatum. <laughs> and Channing Tatum pulls the mask up and he's like trying to grab Danny McBride's dick. And he's like, sup guys? Oh, hey. Hey. <laughs> My favorite moment is when they cut to Channing Tatum and he just awkwardly goes, uh, I love him <laughs> about Danny McBride. <laughs> so yeah. weird. And so James uh, Franco then does the same thing where he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. You guys get out of here. So he does. And they same thing. He starts getting pulled up into heaven. And then he just takes that moment to talk shit to Danny McBride. Like, Fuck you guys. He's flipping him the bird. Fuck you guys. Fuck you. <laughs> and then he gets dropped again. And Danny McBride just takes a bite out of live like, James Franco's face. Literally bites his nose off. It's hysterical yeah. and disgusting. Uh, yep. And and then they... Uh, then Jay and, and Seth, they're driving. There's a big demon, like a like a Marvel Cinematic Universe-sized 
Thor Ragnarok demon with a huge demon dick walking around. Hashtag demon dick. Uh, mm-hmm. I still think that's the first time we've said demon dick on this show. Um, and that Jay sacrifices himself and he gets, no, Seth sacrifices himself and he tries to pull Jay up and he's like, no, man, it's okay. And he's like, and, and we're no, the, the other, other way. way you had it right. Other Jay, way around. Yeah, I had it right. Jay starts. And Seth's holding on and he's like, it's okay, man. I'm going to, and then they both end up going to heaven. Yeah. He's dragging him down. Yeah. And he's like, if, if I hold on, we're both going to die. So he lets go and then he gets pulled up and I will always love you starts playing. And when that started to swell, I'm not going to lie to you guys. My eyes started to well up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, fucking friendship. Yo, they, 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 yeah. they, they like totally earn that moment. Tender moment. Where they they earn like, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he's yeah. like, I'm sorry. I've been a dick, man. You know, you're right. And then when they get to heaven, there's all these celebrities. And then they're like, whatever you want, you wish for it. And it happens. And then Backstreet Boys comes out. But before then, Let's play uh, Craig Robinson's clip when they he he's the St. Peter's to enter into the pearly gates. Clip ten. Did it play? It did play. Welcome to heaven. Did you play clip ten, Ryan? We did play it. We oh, did play it. Good. All right. Well, welcome right. to heaven, motherfuckers. I anyways. I have I have a couple of questions that I want to leave you with because I know we're running out of time. Yeah. But I'm just going to throw them out there. One. Are we to understand that zero people at the party were good enough to go to heaven because no one got sucked up? That's the yeah. first thing. This Right. The second thing is when he wished for the Backstreet Boys, were those the actual Backstreet Boys? Were they already in heaven? Did they have a choice to come perform? Or were they in heaven summoned think, and they were I, like, I guess I'm being controlled now? I think they absolutely are in heaven and that's like their new gig. And they just have to come when people wish yep. for them? I think so. Okay. Because I was like, if that's... Story. They're in they purgatory. Like, he should have just wished for his friends. At that All right, point. well, <laughs> we got a rap, apparently. Uh, but it's even better to have a huge dance number with Backstreet's back. All right. Oh, no, I, love I, I appreciated I, that. For sure. I love this movie so much. Uh, this is all the time we have for this week. Send us your suggestions for next week. Uh, we're going to be doing this weekly, uh, quarantined or not. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some celebrity guests on here. Who knows? But, uh, Jesse, until next time, where can they find you? Well, uh, well, first oh, we got to rate, rate the movie, yeah. Ben. Yeah, I think it's guilty but awesome, leaning way more towards awesome than guilty. It's great. So I, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite I, comedies. I agree with you. I'm on board. Guilty but awesome. Brian, what about you? Yep, Gu- he's guilty. nodding. Yeah. Okay, Jesse, where can they find you? <laughs> find awesome. me on Twitter and Instagram. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at too much Jesse for sketch at the prom losers. You can find me at the Ben Begley on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Guilty Movie Guys on Twitter. Send us your suggestions. We have nothing but time and would love to do something that you guys want to see. Until next time, what is your guilty movie pleasure? From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.